I guess we're grown-ups now, the podcast about being the kind of adults we want to be. I am your host, Carrie Halstead, and joining me shortly is my co-host, Brooke Shelley. Today's episode is all about adult friendships and the various things that go along with being friends with people and making friends in uh, the 21st century as grown-ups. Uh, and it's a pretty cool conversation. I'm excited we had it. Uh, Links for today's show are at goodstuff.fm slash grownups slash 22. Just a note about this show. We recorded it some time ago, just after American Thanksgiving, actually. And then I uh, regrettably sat on it for a few weeks. Uh, Life has been busy and I've just tried to keep things uh, fairly reasonable for myself life workload wise. So uh, it took me a while to get around to editing for that. I'm sorry. Sometimes we get uh, questions and feedback from the audience, which we love. Uh, Recently, Christopher Sikanga at Sick Days on Twitter asked uh, if we'll be having guests in the future now that uh, I have a regular co-host. And the answer to that is yes, we do plan on having guests again. Uh, Sometimes it will be both of us co-hosting with a guest. Sometimes it'll be just one of us hosting with a guest. Uh, But we definitely want to uh, keep bringing lots of voices into the podcast and having interesting people on. So that'll happen again. Brooke and I are just trying to get our footing as co-hosts and getting some uh, chemistry and, and rapport going between the two of us. So once we get that under our belts and we're in the new year, I think we have some interesting guests lined up. All right, sponsor talk. Today's episode, of course, is sponsored as always by FeedPress. FeedPress is powerful RSS analytics and podcast hosting for bloggers and podcasters. It features powerful subscriber and podcast download tracking, integrated newsletters, automated publishing to popular social networks, a slick drag and drop podcast hosting interface, and everything you need to submit an optimized feed to iTunes. FeedPress now serves more than 30 million requests per month and is trusted by many popular blogs and podcasting networks, such as ESN, Mule Radio, Unprofessional, and The New Disruptors, as well as, of course, the goodstuff.fm podcast network. Go to feed.press slash grownups today and sign up to try FeedPress for 14 days with no contracts or commitments. Use promo code GROWNUPS during the checkout to get 10% off the first year. Thanks to FeedPress and GoodStuff.fm for hosting, I guess, for GROWNUPS now. All right, on to the show. Hope you enjoy. Uh, welcome to episode 22. Oh, 22, yay! Of I guess we're GROWNUPS now. Um, today, Brooke and I are going to talk about friendship as adults, making friends specifically. Um, So this has been on the to-do list for a while. I'm glad uh, we're getting around to talking about it. Um, Oh, by the way, happy birthday. I hope you don't mind me bringing up that it was your birthday yesterday, although this was released days later. So (laughs) how was your birthday? Did you spend it with friends? I did. Yeah, I had a birthday dinner on Wednesday, the day before my birthday. That was... um, I think my friend said it was like a Noah's Ark. We had every kind of animal on the plate, on the table. It was like rabbit and duck and chicken and lamb and beef and pork. Wow. Um, it was delightful. 
Uh, I also splurged. They had a lot of wine, and I don't know anything about wine. So she was like, what do you want? And I was like, just give me a bottle that is good, that will match some of these things on the table, because it's impossible to do them all. And uh, she was like, what's your budget? And I was like, I don't know, under 50. <laughs> so I had some amount of wine um, nice. between a dollar and $50, and it was good. But then yesterday I had an $8 glass or bottle of wine, rather, um, from the gas station, and it was also good. So I don't really think I understand wine. I don't understand but, wine either. But yeah, no, I had another thing yesterday that was like a chosen family slash um, friends, like Thanksgiving birthday thing. So, so yeah, um, would these friends all be people you've become friends with as an adult? Yeah, they're all people I've met in Portland, actually. So, oh, wow. so even in the yeah. last couple of years. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't have a lot of people in my life on a day-to-day basis that I've known for longer than a couple of years. So, which is a di- different world. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think if I do either. Certainly there's a cutoff. I moved here 10 years ago and very few friendships left over f- from before that. A couple people from, you know, where we lived before that I keep in touch with. Yeah. Um, but nothing on a like daily basis. There was no one you were really excited to catch back up with again? Oh, yeah. I oh, okay. love catching up with people. I love running into friends you haven't seen in a decade or 15 years. Like, I, I do love that. Yeah. Um, but never have I ever, like, ran into a friend from high school and then uh, become fast friends with them again. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, there's like reasons you drifted apart. <laughs> yeah, quite likely. Yeah, my that that re-meeting people is always fraught for me, just because there's been so much that's happened in the meantime yeah. that it's like, where do I start? I'm just nope. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna wave at you and walk away. <laughs> so, <but> yeah, interesting. <laughs> but no, it was it was good. Did you? I should have asked um, uh, a, a month and a half ago when you celebrated Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, did you celebrate with friends or just family? A family. Okay. Yeah. My family, we moved back to Saskatoon because my family is here. Mm-hmm. So we pretty much do all of our holidays with, uh, with family. Um, my sister is probably my best friend as well. Yeah. So that's cool. that helps. Um, it merges friends and family into one. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that works out. <laughs> I don't. I, I have a hard time imagining having my sister be my best friend, but um, <laughs> I also have barely talked to her in thirteen years. So yeah, there's different kinds of sisters, isn't there? There are definitely different kinds of sisters. Yeah, <laughs> my sister and I were a year and a half apart, and I think growing up, uh, I don't think we. I don't know. I don't. I was going to say I don't think we pictured being best friends because a year and a half is a like a critical, you're old enough to be, you're close enough to be compared with each other by external parties um, and not far enough to apart to be, to have separate social lives. Like your lives are kind of intermingled and it's not, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I'm to say. No, it makes sense. I was going to, I was going to say um, something I wanted to get into today is the, when you, when you and your friends have both liked the same person, 
So did you ever have that with that small age gap between your sister and you? Did did you both fall for the same boy? I'm trying to remember if we ever kissed the same guy. There was one guy who we at least both went out on dates with him. And there was uh, certainly a, a pair of brothers that we both dated. Like Wow. Yeah. Um, Twins or brothers? Oh, brothers. They would have been about the same age difference as my sister okay. and I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's weird. I don't know yeah. if we ever dated the same guy, though. That's good. <laughs> I dated brothers. Not at the same time, but... Yeah, when I well, my sister is seven years younger than me, so um, she she wasn't out until later on, and I moved out, so there was no way for us to even like. I guess the world is a small place, so it was it's theoretical. But she's married now, monogamously, so I think that she's. I'm probably safe from her ever dating any of my exes. So, <laughs> uh... <laughs> but my my mom though, um, going back to the the family thing more than the friends thing, but she dated my uh dad's younger brother before she dated my dad really yeah which is super weird so um i guess she was just like i didn't i don't know not into you but i've been to your older brother so (laughs) i don't yeah i can't really imagine that but i I feel like a lot of like hearing about dating from people who are in their 60s is is kind of me expressing incredulity (laughs) because the things that they did or the things that they like thought were normal then were are very, very different. The things you put up with with your friends at that point. Uh, right. Even weirder when you go further back, like my grandma had an engagement that she broke off to marry my grandpa. Like two men asked her to marry them. Which, wow, that like never happens I no, like, these days. Like how would that happen now? That wouldn't, because you, you don't, yeah, people don't date that way. So, or at least I've never had anyone in my life that has had that happen to them. So right. maybe it does. You're maybe either happened. sort of like free agent or open or whatever, or you're like very strictly monogamous, lead, especially like leading up to a marriage proposal. Right. Yeah. I just like the idea that back then it was more willy nilly. It was like, well, you seem nice and I need a wife. So, well, yeah, I was going to say it also kind of reeks of a little bit of like, property like the woman oh, yeah, is, like, is sitting there waiting to be asked for her hand in marriage and yeah yeah chattel yeah yeah that's how it goes <laughs> did that did do you were you and your sister friends when you were younger or what what when did you first become friends i would say uh after we moved out of home is when our real like committed friendship, like I like hanging out with you and I will share secrets with you kind of relationship started. Um, Mm. So more after we'd moved out and, and uh, so in our early twenties, okay. I think is, is more when it became a a fast friendship. Um, Certainly after we had kids, like I think we really bonded uh, over that, which is a strange thing to say, I guess. Um, I was just like, well, that happened. <laughs> yeah. But it, her friendship was a big reason for me wanting to move close to live close to her. Um, oh. yeah, I, she's a big support for me. And it was sort of pre, like it was just as the internet was becoming more, um, of a social place. So I think, um, this is like Oh five or Oh four. 
B06 when we moved okay. here. So, so this was pre-Facebook. You were like yeah. MySpace and Flickr. Yeah, which isn't really great, like yeah. building relationship kind of <clears throat> social media. So I think after it might have been different if we'd had Facebook and Twitter and Skype mm. and all those things like um, when we were trying to live um, in separate provinces. But um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Never yeah, really thought about that before. Yeah, it just changes a whole lot. I think that for me, a lot of the friends that I do have all over the country or in other parts of the world, um, those friendships are wholly maintained through the internet. Like I have <clears throat> some people in Canada, some people in like um, Europe that I know because I can talk to them on Twitter or I can talk to them via like Google Hangout or something like that. And we can look at each other's photos on Instagram and like I've met um, partners even via the internet, via Twitter, via like talking to them on in 140 characters and we slowly start to kind of fall for each other. And then we start like Google video hanging out and like watching movies together. Um, and then I'll go visit. So that's, it definitely keeps me, I feel like I'm more concerned with, I need a home base and that's Portland. Right. Then I need to move somewhere where some people are. Right. So I'm like, well, I can always fly there. Yeah. Like I feel true. like I have like another section of my life in New York cause I'm there so often. Yeah. And the friends that I have there, some of them know people who I know in Portland. Um, I also like to cross pollinate. Like I feel like building like an intricate friend web is a really good idea. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I, I, uh, it's been interesting to me to see how people connect over the internet. There's a woman who's been on the show a few times um, named Kate. She lives in Pittsburgh yeah. and, and she's somebody who I met through the podcast network. Um, oh, wow. And we like instantly clicked and it's funny to see, you can tell on Twitter now when you have mutual f- friends, mutual connections, who's following who because they talk to each other. And so she yeah. has this whole group of friends in Saskatoon now <laughs> through the podcast network. It's so bizarre. And well, she's never true. been here and we've never been there. It's just strictly an internet friendship. But it's super intimate in ways that there are lots of people I know face-to-face who I would never, I, I don't consider them as close friends as mm. as Kate. It's super weird. Yeah. And that's something I think we're uh, <laughs> in the same way that we talked about like last week. We're in a kind of a unique place, uh, time wise and technology wise, to have the ability to do a lot of this stuff that wouldn't be possible before. Like, I don't, you know, it, in the past it wasn't possible to have friends in other countries, um, or at least not unless you had been there for extended periods of time. Right. So I think it's, it's pretty cool. Do you, um, when you are putting together, when I was saying the thing about cross pollination, when you're putting together like events, where a lot of friends will be there. Do you think about how they will interact with each other and will they get along and like all that kind of thing? Yeah. I don't really put together a lot of events myself. Um, there was one situation where one situation, I remember my 40th birthday, I was pondering having a party and inviting everyone I knew. And then I realized that was a horrible, horrible, horrible (laughs) idea. So we ended up having like seven or eight people around a campfire for my birthday. Um, But it was 
but I started like listing all the, oh, like I'll invite this person, this person, this person. And I'm like, but those people like, ah, no, I don't want to deal with them in the same room. And I got social anxiety over it and wimped out. So yeah. Or you were just being smart. Cause I think there's some people that are just a dangerous combination. That's possible. And I where it's like this that. person likes to cause trouble and this person likes to drink a lot. And like, they're going to end up just having sex in my bed and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah. In my crowd, it's like, well, and this person's a, you know, lifelong devoted Christian and that person's a virulent atheist. And I, you know, happy birthday, I'm, Carrie. I'm amazed that you have both sets of people in your life. Oh. I don't think I have that many, I don't have that wide of a religious um, spectrum mm-hmm. in, in my friend group. I think my friend group is mostly uh, agnostic or atheist with some, um, like reform, like agnostic Jews, basically that's the, but, but yeah, when I did my birthday thing, um, at the dinner, I was like, okay, well, I've got, it's hard to find reservations for more than a couple people in Portland. Yeah. Restaurants are busy. So we get eight 30 reservations for eight. And so I was like, well, I need to make sure that seven people show up, obviously my roommate. And there's a couple other people who are really obvious who are like old friends. And then I was like, it kind of came together, but I was thinking like, does everyone sort of know each other? Cause I, I don't, I don't want to spend my whole birthday facilitating conversation between friends right. and being like the nexus point. And luckily they did. I got a lot of feedback that it went well. So <laughs> and a couple other people are sort of like me where they're entertainers or whatever. So they were, there was some good silliness that happened as well. Nice. But yeah. Yeah. We shut a bar down. Uh, so we were out pretty late. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> Sounds like a good time. I think so. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, okay, we talked about you getting to know your sister Yeah. Uh, as a friend. So would you say that's your, like, first best friend or good friend as an adult? Or Yeah, as an adult, yes. And certainly she's the only friend I've had, like, for my whole life. I'm, you know, Facebook-level friends with a couple people from high school. Facebook-level. I'm not actually on Facebook, so I can't call them Facebook friends. But, um, you know, we're connected on Instagram or whatever. Sure. Christmas Christmas card exchanging. There's a couple yeah. of people from high school. But there's uh-huh. nobody other than my sister that I've been friends with my whole life. And, and other friends that I made in my early 20s, I've lost touch with, even though we were, like, really close. I seem to um, have friendships for, like, three or four years seem to be mm-hmm. sort of my friendship cycle. Um, and I don't know if it's people in general or just me, but I'll have these intense friendships, you know, sister like, yeah. Um, friendships <clears throat> for a few years and then it sort of trails off. Does you, do you have like a scorched earth thing or is just like, it just trails off? Um, I think it's, it trails off often a, Abruptly, for some reason, like there was one woman I was really good friends with in Toronto and then she got married Mm. and we, it like the number of times we got together just dropped off right there, which is understandable. Yeah. Um, It wasn't, do do you think, mm -hmm. this is my my lesbian mind working here, but do you think that she, she was like romantically interested and as soon as she was married, that was not possible? It's it's an interesting question. I don't think um, that I think she's very straight, and I was certainly very straight. Um, okay. The, but it's almost like a romance when mm. you 
yeah. um, start hanging out with this person and you realize how much you love hanging out with them. And, and so I think there is sort of, uh, some level of, um, you know, her marriage started satisfying her need to be, to have an intimate relationship with somebody, even if it was a non-sexual relationship, intimate sure. relationship. Oh, I was going to say her marriage was a non-sexual relationship. <laughs> That's no, horrible. <laughs> well, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. That's their business. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've never really had a falling out with somebody. There was one friend I had, um, who, I mean, obviously stopped calling me. I would leave her messages. I would, we would make plans. Um, and then she would no show for them. Yeah. And it was like an obvious pattern and she would always go, Oh, I'm sorry, 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 blah, blah, blah. But it never got better. And I feel like she ditched me without coming out and saying we can't be friends anymore. Like, I don't know for sure what happened. Yeah. It was kind of heartbreaking. Actually, we were really close and, and then suddenly she wouldn't see me anymore. Huh. That's frustrating. Yeah. I had a I had a bit of that. I so a lot of the like um like the first friend I made as an adult, it's hard to say because I don't know when I became an adult per se. Right. So if if I let's let's just for the hell of it say that I became an adult when I moved to Portland. Sure. And I think that might be a good chapter. Um and there when I left Texas. Then like my first friend on my way out here was my friend Maddox who lives in Olympia, Washington. Mm-hmm. And they were also dating a woman that I was dating. Okay. And, and it just worked out where whenever I'd go visit my girlfriend at the time, I would hang out with my girlfriend and then I would like say goodnight to her or she would go to work. And then I would like go across the hallway. <laughs> it was just across the hallway to Maddox's room and we would hang out. And so it was like, we developed this like very close friendship, mostly predicated on like reading Jeanette Winterson and crying, mm-hmm. um, and talking about like life and theater and love, um, that outlasted both of our relationship to that woman. Uh-huh. So neither one of us are dating her anymore, but we have a really intimate friendship. And I think that's probably the first like maybe adult relationship I had with as a friend person. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the other people in Texas were people I knew, um, previously sort of through growing up or whatever, or from college or high school. And then now I've made a lot of friends here in Portland. They're all been uh, adult friendships where I had a set of standards or something that I was looking for that people kind of had to like live up to. And, and part of it for me is like, don't be flaky, like respond within a reasonable amount of time and like care about someone enough to like keep up with what is going on in their life and like ask about my life and, tell me about yours. And I, I like, I'm probably more prone to, and I don't know if you are as well. It sounds like possibly more prone to very serious friend relationships, like very intimate, very emotionally complex, sometimes physical. And, and my, I was like talking about it with it recently. And somebody was like, do you not have acquaintances? I I was like, I do, but I just don't like prioritize them in my life. And like, I know people who are like, Oh, that's my buddy I play tennis with. And like, that's it. And I'm like, well, if I played tennis with that person, a, I would be terrible at it. And B like, they would know so much about me because I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I probably should do more of it. Right. I feel very, um, like zero to 90 kind of with friendships. Like if I, if you're my friend, I expect there to be yeah shared emotional labor. Like we will both contact each other on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, 
and and we'll spill. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would never hold right. back or lie. If I'm holding back and lying, we're not friends. Right, same. Yeah, I feel like if I was, if there's duplicity involved, then it's like not a friendship. Part yeah. of a friendship is being able to trust the person. Right. I also want to watch myself around you. Uh. Right. I also want to point out real quick that you said zero to 90, which in miles per hour, that'd be about zero to 54. So, <laughs> No, I meant miles per hour. <laughs> oh, okay. Because we no. say zero to 60. Okay. I thought, you were doing, I thought you were doing kilometers and I was like, I'm pretty sure that 60 is around 100 something. So I don't know. <laughs> you have a weird car for this friendship. <laughs> My friendship car is in miles yeah. per hour. Yeah, you just like to speed. <laughs> I mean, I do too. So, you know. Yeah. Um, see, and then my first, like, because you, you mentioned the first person that you kind of had a friend breakup with, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I I had a lot of those in Texas. Um, that was when I, like, finally came out and was like, hey, here's the deal. And a lot of the people that I knew growing up didn't explicitly say like we don't want to hang out with you right but it became very obvious that we didn't have a lot in common um you know i think that those friends are more similar to maybe the friends that some of the friends that you mentioned knowing back in saskatoon yeah you know more christian more children like heterosexual or in a heterosexual relationship at least and uh it ended up being one of those where me as like a newly out about to be divorced, like lesbian woman, um, we just didn't have a lot to talk about. And I think I was becoming a lot more politically radical or or leftist than I was before because I was starting to really consider some things that I hadn't. And I was in therapy and I was like working on a lot of stuff and it just seemed like the people around me were a little bit more stagnant. And I don't mean that in a rude way, just like they'd found some things that worked for them and they were pretty happy with it. And I was in a period of major flux and I don't think that really lines up well because you kind of need somebody to be m- moving and growing when you're moving and growing. And so a lot of those friendships just kind of fell by the wayside. I feel like I only have maybe a handful of friends in Austin anymore. And they're mostly people that I either knew for much longer where we had like a certain kind of friendship or friends that I made in those years where I was coming out. So, yeah, I yeah. um I am always amazed by the close relationships I've had with people at work who, when we switch jobs, you know, you swear up and down, oh, we'll stay in touch and blah, blah, blah. We're friends forever. We've been through hell. Like, it's like going to war with somebody sometimes. And then it's always, it's interesting to see which relationships actually survive and which actually, in fact, were simply based on the fact that you talked on the phone every day for, you know, months and months. Right. Or the proximity of like, we're in the same meetings or yeah. we have something to complain about that's similar. Which is great. I mean, it's nice that you can have friendships around that. But yeah. I don't think, um, they, and they feel so real when you're in it, but they really are. Yeah. The common enemy and proximity friendships. We- well, you're spending like 40 plus hours a week with that person or with people. And like, yeah, I had, I think in, uh, for me, I mean, A, we are old coworkers, although we weren't really <laughs> friends and we are coworkers. I think we both just were like, that person's cool. <laughs> um, 
but I have a few friends who were old coworkers. Just most of them have also left the company. Yeah. So we hang out and it's really great. I actually have like a speaking of internet stuff. I have like a Slack channel that is mostly comprised of people who used to work at that company who are friends with each other. Yeah. And then like a few other people who work in other places, um, that kind of hinge on one person. And, and that's been a big way to like keep up and, and we all live in Portland and we'll have like little drink things every once in a while or get together and like watch a movie. And that feels good. And I think uh, those sort of asynchronous catch ups help extend friendships a lot more now. Yeah. I don't have to get on the phone with someone and talk for 20 minutes because I wouldn't. Right. Um, I don't have to necessarily see them. I can just kind of share something about myself and they come back and share something about themselves. And, and then there's a sort of community there. I think it works out. Yeah. And I think, um, for me, Facebook was a lot like that to start too. It was funny how you could go from, I haven't talked to you in eight or 10 years to, you know, I have pretty good glimpses inside your life on a hourly or daily basis. And, yeah. and I feel like we're caught up. Um, yeah. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like you ever, okay, so you're not on Facebook, but, but for Twitter, maybe, well, Twitter doesn't have the same barrier. I was going to say, do you ever feel like you friend people from work like too soon? And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I know a lot about <laughs> your like urethra or something. And it's like a really <laughs> weird situation. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have that, uh, that follow regret certainly I remember that on Facebook I left Facebook about three years ago that's a whole well that's on record I think if you search back through my podcast history um I I left about eight years ago oh yeah you didn't last long there I laughed I I left as soon as they added people who weren't in college because I was why would I want to talk to those people (laughs) (laughs) so um but what was I saying? Oh, right. You have that regret of like, you meet somebody and you think they're, they're cool or you want to get to know them a little better and you friend them and suddenly it's like, oh no, this was a mistake. Yeah. So on Twitter, there's less of that. Cause yeah, you either just unfollow right away or you don't add them to your private list of people you actually read and yeah. Or you mute. Yeah. Yeah. I don't use the list thing. I'm fascinated by that, but my, my Twitter list is my Twitter list and I do mute people though. So there's people who are muted for a day or so. If they're talking about something that like, I'm glad they're excited about it. I just don't really care. Yeah. But there's occasionally like a video game or a tech event that'll happen and people will be like, just really stoked about it. And I'm like, great. I just, I don't want to see that today. Or or sometimes like for self care, if there's something really sad going on that I'm like, I'm very well aware of. I just don't want to read about the whole day because my day's hard enough. Um, yeah, it's yeah. weird. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And then you kind of said that you had some friends left from childhood, but not really close friends. Mm-hmm. I have a couple like almost novelty friends, like people. <laughs> what who... is novelty friends? So here's what I think is a novelty friend. This is really objectifying to them, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, best friend from kindergarten. But I still have a way of contacting my best friend from kindergarten. I can't tell you her name probably because it's like my security verification password. Oh, wait. wait. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say you couldn't tell me her name because you've forgotten it. <laughs> no. You were like, I have a way of contacting her beyond the grave. <laughs> but or it's you like, do, like, we're not dead. friends. Like, 
the notion that uh, we would be friends is like, yeah, no. Um, the last <laughs> time I saw her was at my wedding. She actually came to my wedding, but we hadn't seen each other for 15 or so years. Well, not yeah. 15, but 10 years before that as well. But like, yeah. So I, and I guess the internet, well, and I, I mean, even just phone books would have allowed for that before, but she's not a friend, but it's kind I of like neat. If you, if you like have someone for my, myself, at least, like if you've had someone from way back, you almost have to revet them. Uh, like at a certain point in time, you have to reconsider if they're actually your friend, because totally. it's like, well, we were friends for very specific reasons about 15 years ago. And now I don't know if we're friends because what, like, what would that look like? Or, or do we have any shared interests or are you a total jerk now? I mean, people change and like sometimes very significantly and sometimes very little. And I don't know. It's like, it's hard enough to be with one person that you actually are like romantically interested in while you're changing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, like keeping up with friends for a long period of time just feels maybe less possible these days. I don't know. Yeah. But I have a few friends. My, my oldest friend <clears throat> is my friend Mark. And he and I met at church when we were, I think I was maybe 11 and, and he was 12. Uh-huh. Something like that. Um, and I, I remember like when we were in either late high school or early college, he mentioned that he didn't like me for the first like six months that we hung out or something. He was like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really want to hang out with you for that, for that first while, <laughs> but we somehow stayed together as friends. And now we've known each other for, what is that now? Like 20 years, um, of, of like pretty good friendship. Like right. we are emotionally supportive without necessarily talking a lot about stuff. He's a little bit more reticent. Um, I stayed with him and his friend who he owns a house with, like when I was in Austin and, like, we don't talk often, but when we do, it's nice. Um, but we don't understand everything about each other's lives. Like, right. he's a fairly, like, non... He doesn't date people, really. He just kind of works and travels for food. And I'm, like, I date a lot of people, and I'm a dyke, and he's a straight guy. And it's, like, there's a bit of, like, a disconnect. But yeah. we can, like, watch silly horror movies together or, like, go out to fancy restaurants um, he also, I should describe him because he's amusing. He has been wearing the same Jinko shorts since middle school. <laughs> Jinko, you know, Jinko, the no. brand of like, oh, okay. Jinko is like, uh, I don't know if you had this in Canada, but there was this phase of maybe the nineties where people wore very baggy trousers. And these were like jean trousers that were like very baggy, like the, the, the leg opening on the box. <gasps> It'd be like 30 inches or something. I just Googled. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he has, he had some Jinko shorts and he's been wearing them and then to have supplemented them with other shorts um, since middle school. He just kind of grew taller instead of getting bigger at all. So he does that. He wears a white Hanes t-shirt like every day. And then he wears like uh, some sensible leather shoes and a um, leather hat, like a James, like a, not James Bond, um, uh, Indiana Jones type hat. Okay that he's also had for like the last 14 years. And, and that's his look. He has like longish hair. And, um, I sometimes joke that he looks like a little bit, a little bit like, a um, like sort of a transient wizard. (laughs) 
It's like, his uniform, right? He's just I... sort of wandering around being a wizard. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is his uniform. And it's it served him well. But it means that when we go to fancy restaurants, they sometimes look askance at him. And uh... it's like, I'm just like, oh, he's way richer than I am. Like, <laughs> I'm the one you should be worried about paying the bill. Like, <laughs> this, this guy is good for it. Look who spends their money on clothing and who doesn't. Right, right. wearing exactly. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. And so that's sort of a fun thing too, is that like, there's some things that really haven't changed between us. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I recently actually at XO when I met you or like more met you, I think yeah, that's yeah. sort of when we got to know each other. Uh, I re-met a friend that I'd known at the beginning of college. So it had been a bunch of time and, and so we were talking and like, um, I was curious because I was like, do I seem a lot different now than I did before? And she was like, oh, no, like you were you're the same nerdy girl, like, <laughs> which was nice to know, because I was like, I, I I think that I maybe changed a whole lot, but um, maybe I'm nicer with Internet friends, with the whole like getting to know people via the Internet. Like it, it, you, you mentioned before, like your friend from who you've interviewed, like that she's met people from Saskatoon. Mm, yeah. So did you introduce her to them or how did that kind of, did you facilitate that? Like, have you, have you like been introducing friends to each other via Twitter and stuff like that? I don't, I don't usually do that. No. Like I would never go, Oh, Kate, you should meet, you know, Kaylee or anything like that. I think it happens more organically through retweets and, um, yeah, and like multiple replies. Like if if you yeah. retweet somebody and then somebody replies, you both get copied. So I think okay. it's happened more like that. I like um, that. Yeah, it's such a weird dynamic too. I should like the retweet. Like it, I'm just there's not like a real life equivalent because if you were like say telling your friend like at the you know that you're hanging out with someday like you you just quoted me right. A they can't respond to me in that moment. Or if they did, it would be really weird. If they're just like, give me her number. I'm, I'm responding to her right now. And then that would be really out of context. And then further, like, they don't, there's no, yeah, there's just no way for them to, like, put that together with who I am. Right. But, like, they with can't Twitter, find that, out a whole so bunch sim- of information about you the way they can on Twitter. Yeah, it's like a whole different way of interacting, the, the like, quote thing that just isn't really possible in real life. Like, usually quotes are, like, anecdotes that you're, like, saying, but they're not, like connected to the person. Right. So. Yeah. It's yeah. A weird deal. I think Twitter is especially good for making, you know, friends like bird of a feather friends. Um, yeah. Because, because of that, like if somebody retweets somebody, you can go f- figure out who that person is. I mean, that's most of the time when I follow somebody, it's because they've been retweeted by somebody I admire. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I, I ended up getting a lot of followers because of either writing or other things. And like, there's a whole group of people who are um, called Toasties that are like fans of the Toast website. Yes. And so a lot of them followed me after I wrote on it and a lot of them are written on it now. And so we have like, like follow each other a lot. And there's like these people that I only know because of a website that we're all fans of, which is kind of fun. And I've met a lot of people through that. Um, it's an interesting thing. I, I was thinking about too, when you were talking about your, your sister and you like maybe dating the same people, like if there's, I think it's different for me as far as dating the same person with friends or whatever, Mm -hmm. because I am usually in open relationships or often like 
open to open relationships. Right. And, and like personally find it really like nice when like my friends also kiss each other. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of that where I'm like not really super bothered by it. Um, and, and enjoy it. So it's, it's not very uncommon for that to happen in, in like my life. Yeah. Where we, uh, maybe not falling for the same person or like really like in like strong relationship, but at least like sleeping with the same person or, you know, yeah. kind of like the group of people that I was hanging out with the other day for my birthday, we were joking that like, if it had turned into everyone just making out, like no one would have been sad. <laughs> like everyone was really just stoked about everyone else. Not necessarily like sexually, but like everyone was really happy and like really liked each other. Right. And like everyone there was super cute and everyone there was queer enough to make out with each other. Right. So. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, I know all my dating analogies are 20 years old, so it's no good. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do fair. remember um, talking about the roommate switch in um, college. Like the roommate switch. you would date somebody, but then maybe it turned out that you actually liked their roommate better. Oh, and so you oh, would I... attempt to do the roommate switch. Ah, uh, <laughs> and that and that was just you. Like, I, I'm. I don't think it sounds like you're hoodwinking them. Like you've like tricked them. But I don't think when you say the roommate switch, that makes me think of like some sort of caper. No, more like like how do you get out of one? How do you get out of a relationship with person A who lives with person B? Right. And wow, that's... still like not mess up their relationship because they have to live with each other. That doesn't sound possible. Has that ever gone well for you? Well, no. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just, that just sounds like a way to ruin other people's lives. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's some degree of, um, so the queer community or the lesbian community more specifically often feels like a bunch of people who know each other. Yeah. Uh, especially in a city like Portland. And so there's a little bit of that where like every time you date someone, you might have the opportunity to like date another friend of theirs, Right. but you just have to get over it. But I, I think like that, um, it's a really unique situation. And I found most of the people I know who are like heterosexual or who mostly date opposite gender folks, um, think that's really weird to be like friends with exes or like, uh, or able to date people that know each other. Right. So, I don't, so know. I don't know. I think college, like I went to pretty small college, um, and, and a lot of the people lived on campus. So it was like, it was like, okay. It was like summer camp. Most of the time. You also got used to like that sort of dynamic. Yeah. Where it was. Yeah. Pretty, you probably would end up dating a friend of somebody who you used to date and it was an interesting, yeah, you had to sort of, well, so when you were saying the roommate swap too, I was like, well, maybe maybe she meant when when you and your roommate decided to date two boys who lived in the same place <laughs> so that you could just one of them could come stay at your place and the other could stay at, at their place. <laughs> that would that would have been worthwhile. We had very strictly uh non co ed dorms though. So oh, not of course. Right. I mean, so did my friends, but that didn't stop any of us from sneaking in completely against the will of the bursars or whatever to be like, we're going to now stay with each other. And then you just hide if, if they showed up. Exactly. It made it easier for me because I'm once again a lesbian. So if I was like in a situation where I was in the same gender, it was like, well, like they don't need to know what we're doing. I'm just a friend who's yeah, hanging over. Friend. Yes. That, that would have made it much easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the rare instances where being queer makes something easier. <laughs> Hey, you got to play the advantages that you have, right? 
Yeah, but it, yeah, it's like having the that that's like the ultimate like wing girl that roommate thing, right? Where you're like, hey, I don't know if you like this guy's roommate, but I need you to, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because I really like him. <laughs> uh, oh man, um, are there friends that you? Like you have more limited time now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're adults. You have kids. Yeah, are there people that you kind of target for friendship where you're like, I want to? I think in the way that you and I did for each other to some mm-hmm. degree. But like, are there other people where you're like, I want to be friends with that person, like aspirational friendship, totally. and then like you you like kind of aim for it or like hope that you'll your paths will intersect. Definitely, um, I would say that Hillary, who also is a friend of the show, she's been on a couple times. Um, is was an aspirational met, friend for me. <laughs> I thought you met Hillary Clinton. I was like, well, that's very a weird, aspirational there. Weird decision, but sure. No, she's the other Hillary. That's literally her Twitter yeah. handle. And uh, yeah, she, for me, was an aspirational friend in that I was aware of who she was for a long time on Twitter and um, uh, and think she's really smart and love, I just love her take on the world. And yeah. Um, but it took a long time for us to meet considering the size of Saskatoon and, but now (laughs) we're like, she's a very good friend and we're on the Slack together and we joke back and forth on Twitter and it's like, yay, I'm friends with Hillary. Like every day it's like, ah, um, so yeah, she's one of those people that's like, you sort of target and you're like, Ooh, I hope some, maybe someday I can hang with that person. And then suddenly yeah. you're co-hosting a podcast with them. It's yeah. Yay. It's true. It works. <laughs> it doesn't always work out that well, but it works right. out. Generally. Yeah. No, I had another friend that I like, um, got to know at EXO a little bit and she and I, I think have both been like, we should hang out sometime. And then the other day we started like DMing on Twitter and then we went to the same yoga class and spent the evening hanging out and it was really lovely. Um, we had like met through a mutual friend at EXO and, and it was like, Oh my God, like we finally got to hang out. And it was like, I don't know. It it was, it was very good. I'm glad that it happened. I love that feeling. And it doesn't always turn into like lifelong friendship, but sure. But it's cool being able to make that kind of thing happen. Yeah. And like kind of have this realization of like, Oh yeah, we really did like both set an intention to like know this person. Yeah. But some other friendships seem almost by accident. Like, a lot of friendships happen because you're in proximity to each other. Somebody says something or does something and then you slowly get to know each other. Like, I don't know if, if every friendship's predicated on like kind of an attraction. Right. I know what you mean. Um, or calculated or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. So here's a question and I run into this a lot. I don't know if you will, but I'm curious. So I am often, um, attracted to my friends Mm. and my friends usually my friends usually know this because I'm pretty like clear about it where the people I know I'll be like you're really cute like if you ever want to like hook up or date like that would be awesome so do you do you feel that way sometimes like do you also have or ever have like sort of attraction to your friends yeah I know that (laughs) I I don't, I want you have to, you know, you tread lightly as a married woman with children, but, um, married monogamous but like, woman. I imagine you, you still, you still get attracted to people. Totally. So do you, do you ever have that sort of thing? Yeah, definitely. Um, male or female friends, I think like, um, I'm, I've always been the kind of person who's pretty open, even with Mark. I, we talk about it less now cause we're in our forties and I don't know, yeah. maybe it's not age appropriate to talk about people you think are cute, but um, sure, sure. But like, 
but yeah, um, a lot of the time, uh, people who, uh, I meet as new friends, um, mm. I'm deaf. There's, you know, a cuteness factor and attraction factor to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Does it, that make the friendship more, do you feel like it makes friendship more complicated? Like, do you ever feel like weirder about the friendship when you do think the person's attractive? Or maybe like, do you feel like you are more on, on, um, like more worried about what you're saying? Like, are you nervous? Are you a nervous, like crusher? You know what? I don't think it does. I think, um, part of me being an open person, um, I, I try to end and sort of integrity wise, I try to um just make it so that whatever i say or do with them i'm not having to double check it like that's good yeah it simplifies life um yeah i'm not sure that's true 100% of the time right but i don't think it's a big problem where um where like I've got two categories of friends, the ones I'm attracted to who I have to be careful around and the ones who I'm right. not attracted to who I can say whatever I want around or do whatever I want. And like, I don't have to reassure my husband that, you know, don't worry, honey, I'm not stepping out on you. Like, I right. think, I don't think I have two sets of friends like that. That's good. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of the same way, like, because most of my friends are people that I'm attracted to, at least the women. Um, like it means that I don't, you know, I, I get to have a lot of practice too. So yeah. I'm just like always around people that I think are really cute. Yeah. So I get to be like much more calm about that stuff. And then I don't know, sometimes I do end up dating or kissing those people. And sometimes I don't. And yeah. it's like, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to like figure out that I, if honestly, like for me, it's made the pressure lower um, right. yes. for their friends because, because I tell them I'm like, if I let that become a, if I let that become a crush instead and this is how I think this can happen non-platonic or platonically rather, where you like that's kind of a, a corollary to the planning to be friends with someone. Yeah, where you're like, oh my god, I have a crush on this person, like a friend crush, and I really want to get to know them. Although I would argue that a lot of times those have either a romantic or sexual component as well, even if people are unwilling to like. At least as a queer woman, like hearing some of my like straighter lady friends talk about some of the women that they think are really cool. I'm like, you are into that person and you're like, <laughs> won't admit it. Like you definitely want to like make out with that person. You're just like scared of what that means. I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> but it makes it, it makes it easier though, because then if you are at least honest about it, that's like one, it's like a good vulnerability starting point. Well, right. It's able- like whatever they say, whatever you can't laugh about is a weakness, right? right? Like, right. So whatever you can't like come out and say, but yeah, is a place where you're vulnerable, where, where you might be kidding yourself and kidding right. yourself in intimate relationships is never a good idea. Yeah. And I, and I think that better to like give it a go and then have somebody say, no, not interested. Like, let's just stay friends yeah. or I don't want, or the, the dreaded, like, I don't want to ruin our friendship. Yeah. Which is always frustrating because it's like, why would making out ruin our friendship? It's awesome. <laughs> it's like, you just did ruin our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> no, God. <laughs> that would be terrible if I was like, actually, I'm not friends with you anymore because you won't kiss me. That would be, <laughs> I feel that'd be really rude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange world of that stuff. But it's good. It's good to know that I'm not alone in that and yeah. having the, that I'm kind of like, these are cute friends. Yeah, I like having cute friends. Because the because they have cute friends too. And... Right. Well, and a lot of it's like, I don't know if you're like me, like, I'm attracted to people as friends, and lovers or partners, emotionally and, and like, relation, like, humor and fun conversation are a big part of that. Yeah. And like, I have a very broad, um, like physical interest, I guess. Mm-hmm. So a lot of different women are interesting to me. So if I like you as a person then I'm like, well, yeah, like that's, that's, that's an attraction. Right. Whereas I feel like some people are much more like they have a type. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and their friends don't have to adhere to that type. You know, let's say like tall and curly haired and like whatever. And, and their friends may all be shorter, but, right. but then it's really obvious when they do have that person in their life. Cause you're like, Oh, <laughs> that person's your type. Uh-huh. Do you, do you ever look around at your friends um, and think this is a, a homogenous group? Like, are they ever? Um, some of my friends, yes. I mean, I have different groups of friends and yeah, some of them are fairly homogenous. We were actually talking about that as a group the other day on Slack. And I mean, sometimes, sometimes we're such multidimensional creatures. I mean, but we were talking about race uh, and yeah. noting how we were all, you know, white European Anglo-Saxon type people yeah, and, uh, and sort of going like, well, this is sad. Um, mm. And uh, it doesn't stop you from liking those people, but it's like, right. mm, you know what, this isn't, you start to wonder how much of it is echo chamber. And yeah. And- and where the biases are, where you're like, actually, like I am in a white supremacy. And so it's possible that like, I'm not friends with like black people or Latina people for like a lot of reasons that are sometimes not things I like about myself. Right. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a more diverse group of friends, but there are occasions where I'm out with a few people and, and like Halloween comes to mind. I was like out with three girls who are friends of mine and someone made the comment, um, wow, you have a type. And I was like, what? And all three of them were around the same height, like a sort of medium height, like five, 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 six, um, brunette with curly hair. Uh-huh. All three of whom had asymmetrical hair hats <laughs> and all three of whom were a little bit dapper or like not dapper, but like they all kind of had like a, a slightly like tomboyish style, I guess. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, tonight, at least, I have, like, a posse that is exactly, or very, very similar, rather. Yeah, exactly. We, uh, my girl, my girl team, my squad, we uh, um, went through a phase this summer where we all cut our hair. We all got, like, either, yeah, like, asymmetric bobs or yeah. or pixie cuts. Like, a girl oh, yeah. Us, we just went, like, chopped it all off, myself included. And, and we're like... Did most of your friends come out? Is that? <laughs> no, we're all oh. super straight. It's funny. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we all, I mean, we also, so farm culture, there's a fairly strong st- short hair for women yeah, aspect. Like is, I think the long hair on girls is confusing for lesbians, I should say. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Sorry, sorry, lesbians. Does wait? Does Canada? Does does Canada? Does Canada have Farmers Only as well? What's Farmers Only? No, it's a dating site for farmers. (laughs) Probably. I think their tagline is like "City folk just don't understand." (laughs) Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that that exists because it's true. City folk do not understand. Yeah, city folk don't understand how all these attractive farm women have cute dikey haircuts. Yeah. Well, I mean, all all farm wives have short hair. Like, really? Yeah. Or the super long, never been cut ponytail everyday hair. That's You've basically. given me a new title for um, a lesbian erotica I'm going to write called Farm Wives. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that exists. Bro. I'm sure it does. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm not very knowledgeable about it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure it does, yet I don't, I'm not very knowledgeable about it. <laughs> Apparently, I triggered Siri by saying something about farm wives. And so Siri just joined the conversation. That was weird. I've never had that happen before. That's the best. Oh, my God. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> oh, God. Good times. Good times. That was genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have the giggle outtake. We, we should have we should have Siri join our podcast. <gasps> I actually have you listened to Avery Edison's podcast? No. <clears throat> so she's a person that I like. Um, I kind follow of, her. Yeah, I, I want to be friends with her, but totally friends. Uh, she has this podcast called Swings and Roundabouts. Yes. And put the link in the show notes. But it's it's a podcast where she has um, scripted her computer to be her therapist. So the computer like talks back to her like a therapist would. Um, and she has, I think on the first episode, she had Merlin Mann on the episode, but they're all narrative podcasts about something she did in her life. So in the first episode, I think Merlin Mann plays an angry father who is like mad about Avery sleeping with this girl who is his daughter. And And then these are all like, things that happened when she was younger. So in the most recent podcast, it was all about her stealing this like projector from her school and various friends of hers would be like guests on it to like play the characters. Awesome. It's pretty delightful, but like, yeah, the half of the character is like a voice that's like Siri being like, so what do you think about that? (laughs) It's pretty good. Uh, That's awesome. I should wrap it up here. I got to get going with uh, my day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sounds good. Is there any other points we didn't quite hit that uh, we want to talk about? I don't think so. I think we've covered it. I think we have covered all of friendship. We now have a comprehensive episode about friendship. <laughs> is everything anything, you need to know about friendship. Is there anything Siri wants to add? <laughs> I don't think so. Hopefully not this time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Yo, oh, I was going to say that I think the most enduring pets or enduring friends rather are your pets. Your like, pets. Yeah. Yeah. Which as we know from last week's episode, they do pass away. They do. So be careful. For the, <clears throat> for the period of time that they're around, like they will always love you. It's true. There's no drama and you'll very rarely be interested in the same person. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right. Well, I don't know how much of this is the outro and how much of this yeah, is. I don't us. know either. Um, good luck editing. <laughs> Yeah, I'll put it out around Christmas time. I feel like we did a good, I think it was a good episode. Totally. And that's a wrap. You can follow us on Twitter at 
uh, grownups underscore FM. Links and contact info for today's show are at goodstuff.fm slash grownups slash 22. You can also find us on iTunes where you can subscribe so that you get every new episode as soon as it's released. And that's a wrap for 2015. Thanks for listening. Uh, From me and Brooke and everyone here at the goodstuff.fm podcast network. Happy New Year and see you in 2016.